Genesis 13, verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Our friends, we're looking tonight at this account of Lot and uh, Abraham. And my message uh, for tonight is short-term thinking or short-term choices, making choices that only don't look very far, that only go so far and not beyond, not much foresight in these choices, thinking really only about this world and life in this world, choices only for earthly things, we could say, instead of for heavenly things. And uh, choices is something, of course, we do every day. Every day we're making decisions, we're uh, choosing uh, between things. Most of the time it's rather inconsequential. It's something very, really, very, rather trivial. What shall I have uh, for dinner? Uh, what shall I do my day off? Shall I stay at home? Shall I go to a museum? Shall I buy this or that at the supermarket? All these things really are everyday decisions and choices that we make. But we know also that at certain junctures in our life, well, we have to make some very important decisions. And we have to stop and we have to think about it before we choose. We have perhaps two options before us and we may go one way or the other. And we have to think, well, what are the advantages of this way and the disadvantages of this way? And what are uh, the, the pitfalls here if I go down uh, this particular path? We have to weigh up those pros and the cons uh, before we come to making a decision. And we want to be sure because it's a, a critical decision that we're making. And it could be a life-changing decision. And we're very careful because we don't want to make the wrong decision. We don't want to lose out by that decision that we make. And so easy to lose out, isn't it, if we go down the wrong path. Or we read all the time of different stories and maybe it's happened uh, to us as well where we've made the wrong choice. It may be that we've made a bad business decision and we've invested a lot of capital maybe in a product that hasn't sold and it's uh, all, we've lost a lot of money because of that. And we, have, uh, we went down the wrong path. We didn't do all the preparation to see if there was a demand for that particular product. And so we made a bad choice. How critical is choosing the right spouse to make sure we choose the right partner, the right husband and the right wife to save us from potential heartache and disastrous marriage. Or, or to buy a house. That's a big thing to do, isn't it? To purchase a house. Uh, very few people would do this, but there are some who would purchase a house without taking a survey. I know one person, at least, and, and probably there are more like her, who are going to buy, want to buy a house, but want to save money, want to skimp on the purchase. That's not a good thing to do, I would say. You need to find out the details. There may be very unhappy consequences as a result of skimping on that particular money. Oh, friends, uh, you, you may find that there is a subsidence on that house. 
And then what will you do? How will you pay for it? And then suddenly you have great problem on your hands. So it's so important we want to make sure that we get our decisions right. We make our choices in a wise way, in a calculated way, which is going to be really also for our benefit. And tonight we're thinking about this choice that a lot made. And we have to say right at the start, it was really a disastrous choice that he made. And the, on the face of it, on the surface of it, it looks like a good choice. Uh, he had to choose between uh, the, the land. And he, ch he could choose either, on the left hand we could say, was the, all the mountainous regions, maybe ba barren, maybe dry, on one hand. And on the other hand was this luscious green grass uh, for, for, which appealed to him because he had a lot of herds and cattle and flocks. And so that would seems like the obvious choice. That's the way to go. But actually, it was the wrong way to go. It was a disastrous choice, as we'll see in a minute. Well, who is Lot? Lot, as you know, I'm sure was Abraham's nephew. And when Lot's father died, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, took him under their wing. We'll look after you, they said. Uh, we'll be a, a father and a mother you. Come be a part of our family. And Lot agreed. And when Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees, where he had grown up, and went to Haran, Lot went with him. And then they went to Canaan and spent some time in Canaan before they went down to Egypt. And now they've come back uh, to, uh, to Canaan, which is where we pick it up in Genesis 13. Abraham by this time, was a very rich man. Lot also, we read, was a rich man. And in those days, you not only had silver and gold to, sh to show that you were rich, your riches were also seen in the amount of your cattle and the flocks that you had and the servants that you had. That was a sure sign if you had a, an abundance of these that you were a rich person. And both Abraham and Lot had an abundance of cattle flocks and servants. But very soon it led to a strife between the two camps. Verse 7, there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And uh, there was a disagreement. Well, the land wasn't large enough for all these animals. They, they were fighting over the best grazing uh, land. They were fighting over the watering holes uh, for their, for their uh, sheep and their, their, their cattle. And there were this disagreement between them, this strife that happened between these two sets of herdsmen. Well, Abraham heard about the strife. He knew as a godly man that this wasn't a good thing that was happening. And he called Lot to his side. He called his nephew and said, Look, son, we are family. We shouldn't be fighting uh, with each other. It's not right for us to be striving over this particular matter. Look, the whole land is before you. I give you the first choice. You choose. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. I'll leave the choice with you, my nephew. Now think about it. When you've decided, let me know. Come back to me. Well, that's a very courteous offer. That was a very humble offer from uh, the older man. Lot really should have declined to make the first choice. He should have said, no, no, uncle, 
I respect you. I love you.、Uh, you must make the first choice. A lot of my riches I owe really because I've been with you. I、uh, I give you the first choice. You choose first. He didn't do that. Lot didn't say that. He was too keen already. He was too eager to get the best land for himself, and that's already in his heart and his mind. He wanted the best for his cattle, for his sheep, for himself, and so he lifted up his eyes. We read, and、uh, from the high vantage point where he was, he beheld. He took a good long look. He surveyed the whole land that was on the left and on the right, and there was no. Uh, there was no doubt which one he was going to go for—the plain of Jordan, the plain of Jordan, which is well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord. It had the river Jordan, and the rivulets from that that river went into the fields of that plain and watered it and made it so luscious and green and so uh, 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 so so full of life. For the for the cattle to feed on, and it was a an easy choice for him、uh, to make. This this was the land which he wanted. It was so fertile. It was so ideal for his cattle and his flocks and his herds to graze in, like the garden of the Lord. Trees, remember, is probably a reference to Eden with all the the trees or fruit trees and、uh, things which are pleasant、uh, in that present in that garden. For them to enjoy, and such was what he saw when he looked at the plain of Jordan, and he said, "This is the place for me." Because when he looked at that mountainous and dry land, he could see nothing really that was advantageous for him. But he saw in the plain of Jordan a land of opportunity, a pla- place not only for his flocks and herds to graze in currently, but he saw it as an opportunity. For him to increase his flocks and his herds, he saw it as an opportunity of gaining, of growing by going to that particular place. He could see himself becoming even more richer than he was. He was already so rich, but he could see himself becoming richer. Furthermore, we read that it was near the city of Sodom. Sodom was a commercial city. He could begin trading with them. He could do business deals with the people of、uh, Sodom, and he could interact with them. And that's what he wanted, and make even more money. He and his family could move out of the tent that they'd stayed in for so many years, and actually have a, a physical house of their own. And this. Played on his mind. This is what he can see. He's not even there yet, but he can see these opportunities in his mind's eye. And this is what he is dreaming about when he looks at the plain of Jordan. So we read verse eleven. Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Chose for himself. It's we could say all that region. And on the surface of it, as we said. It seems like a good choice, naturally thinking, naturally speaking. It's a good choice, but it's actually a bad choice. And let's see why it is such a bad choice. Three reasons we look at tonight. Firstly, we can say Lot was only thinking short term when he made this decision. He was thinking about himself. He was thinking about his gain only in this life. 
He wasn't thinking long term. He was just thinking about his temporal gains and how much more he would make and how much better off his sheep and his flocks would be by being in that particular area. He was rich already, but he could see he could become richer in the things of this, uh, in his possessions by going to that particular place. Rather like uh, many people come to Britain, many people come, go to America because they think it's a land of opportunity. It's a place where I can make money. It's a place where I can achieve my dreams. It's a place where I can become rich and successful and prosperous and live a wonderful life. It's not true, always. There are opportunities, but this is what Lot is sort of has in his mind. Can you see him there? See him there? He's on the mountaintop. He's surveying the land, and he's daydreaming. He's daydreaming about his future and that better life that he can uh, uh, provide for himself and for his family. He's not thinking about the spiritual things. He's not thinking about his life that is to come. He's not thinking that his life any moment could be taken from him and that he won't even be able to even achieve these things. He's not thinking about what happens to him after he dies. He's only thinking about the here and now, the tangible things of life. And dear friends, we may be like that also. We may be thinking only of this life. We'll make plans, but our plans are only for this world. It's only to do with the things of time. We don't think beyond this world. We're only making plans short term for our life now. The world, we could say, is in some sense an attractive place. It is, we could say, a land of opportunity, a place where you can become rich and get for yourselves material things. And maybe we anticipate this. Maybe this is all there is to us. Maybe this is our number one aim in life, to become a rich person, to live in a fine neighborhood, to have a fine house, to have a house filled with the latest mock-ons and luxury items, to own and drive an expensive car that other people will admire. Maybe this is my aspiration in life. If I can achieve just these things, then I will be happy and we daydream about it. Or maybe you're not such a person who is like that. Maybe you're a person saying, no, I'm not so interested in becoming wealthy. I just want to have a family. I just want to have my own family, my own children. I just want to have those basic things in life. But you still don't want God. You want to have the, the things of time, but you're still not thinking about spiritual things and eternal things. It's, uh, we could say maybe it's better than thinking just only about riches, to have a family. But anything, you still left God out of the picture. It's just me, my family, my life, my comforts in this life. That's all that I want. Now, friends, don't get me wrong. We need to support our families. You need to earn. You need, uh, nothing is free in life. You have to pay for things. But the problem with us is when it comes when we put all our eggs in one basket. The problem comes when we look for happiness in these things. And we look for satisfaction uh, in this world only. When we, when we uh, desire all these things, 
without God in our lives. That's the problem when we neglect our spiritual side and we think only about our physical, earthly life. We think only about our bodies and we don't think about our souls. All of us have a soul, a soul that will never die, but we neglect it if we only think about our life here and now. We choose to live for ourselves and we choose to reject God and to keep God out of the picture of our lives. Well, friends, that would be a foolish way to live life. That would be a disastrous choice to make. That would be an unwise path to go down because God made us for Himself. God made us for us to have a relationship with Him. There's a gap in our hearts before we come to God. There's a gap in our hearts. There's a void deep within us which only Christ can fill. We, we think, well, maybe if I get all these possessions, if I get material things, if I can have these things, we are a little bit like children. You know, children think, well, if I have that particular toy, as soon as I get it, I will be happy. And they get it, and they last five minutes, and then they want something else. They want another toy. And we are like that as adults also. We have our adult material toys. We want certain things. We think this will give us the pleasure that we've been seeking for all our life, and we get it. And then we realize how disappointed we are. It hasn't brought us a satisfaction. Oh, friends, material things cannot satisfy us. Only God can fill that gap. Only knowing Christ and His forgiveness and being in relationship with Him can fill that gap within us and bring us true satisfaction. Well, I may be a person who thinks, well, God is not real. When I was younger, yes, I believed in God. I sort of thought there might be a God, but then I went to school. And my teachers told me, there is no God. And my professor said to me, everything can be explained. There is no God. Put that idea out of your mind. And I did. I listened to them. And I suppressed that inner feeling and the inner conviction that there is somebody there. And I listened to what I was told by my teachers. So I've gone through life thinking, oh, this world, this material world that I live in is all that there is. And after I die, that's it. So I never pray to God. I never open His Word, the Bible, to read it. I never think about that soul I have of mine, that immortal soul that will never die. I never ask questions about life, life's big questions. Why am I here? What's going to happen to me when I die? Why is there sin in my life? Why is there so many problems in the world? Why do I feel guilty all the time? Why does my conscience convict me and I cannot get rid of this guilt? Why can't I find peace? Oh, friends, uh, these are the kind of questions that we need to be asking. But maybe I think, put it all away and just concentrate on life uh, here and now. Friends, the Bible tells us that you can have a personal relationship with God. You can know the living God. You can pray to Him and He will hear and answer you. You can know His help in His life. You can know His guidance in your life. 
You can know His blessing in your life. You can know God as your friend, as your closest friend, closer than your earthly friend. You can have this connection with Him. In China, they use the word guanxi. Guanxi means uh, connections. And if you have guanxi, you have connections in China, well, you, you can contact this person and that person when you have a problem, and they will sort it out for you. I've experienced it. But uh, guanxi, friends, you, whether you're rich, you may be a, a very, come from a very rich family, uh, but if you don't have guanxi, you're not going to get very far. You may be from a very poor family or very uneducated person. You may be one who's failed your exams and you weren't really able to get your degree. But if you have that connection, you can still get a good job because somebody will sort it out for you. You have guanxi. Well, friends, you need that connection with God. A personal relationship is just that. It's a connection with the living God. Not that He comes at our beck and call to do whatever we ask Him to do, but He does bless us. He does help us in a personal way. When we have a problem in life, we can turn to Him and He will help us. Secondly, why was Lot's choice a bad one? Because it was detrimental, we could say, to his character. He ought, we could see, even in the way he responded to Abraham, he should have given Abraham the first choice back again. But he allowed his greed, he allowed his uh, selfishness, he allowed his covetousness, his desire to have more, to, pre, uh, to dominate uh, his choice and to affect his way uh, with Abraham. He allowed disrespect, we could say, also for his uh, for his uncle. And uh, furthermore, we read uh, that he went and uh, joined himself. He chose the plain of Jordan, verse 11, journeyed east, and then they separated from one another. And then, verse 12, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. And verse 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. He should have done his homework and checked those places and said, well, I dare not go there because if I go towards Sodom, that's going to affect me. That's going to affect my character. I'm going to be tainted by what happened by the people there. And he should have thought about those things. And friends, we could draw a lesson from there that when we make the choice to live only in the world, and we are actually uh, rejecting the opportunity that God offers to make us a better person. To choose to live only for this world means a choice to live only for my lusts, only for my own self and my own selfish uh, desires. It doesn't make me a better person if I choose to live God out of my life. It makes me a worse person. I become more selfish as time goes on. I become more greedy. I become more concerned about number one, about me. But knowing God, having God in my life, oh, that's life transforming. That changes me for the better. God changes me. He makes me a better husband. 
He makes you a better wife. He makes us better parents. He makes us better workers in the office. He makes us a better friend to others. God makes us kinder people, a gentle person, more courteous, more considerate, more loving. This is how God changes us. He makes us better than what we were without Him. But then thirdly, Lot's choice was a bad one because Sodom uh, was soon to be under God's judgment. They were not just sinners in Sodom. They were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So they were ripe for judgment. And uh, friends, uh, if uh, Lot chose to separate from Abraham, who was a spiritual man when he should have really stayed there. That would have been a safer place to be, but he chose to be near to Sodom. Eventually, initially he was living on the plains, but eventually he would move into Sodom itself. We can read that later in Genesis. And you know what happened to Sodom? God rained down fire and brimstone upon it because of its sins. And friends, this world that we live in is under God's judgment. This world that we live in is also ripe for God's judgment. And surely that judgment must come soon when we see what's all that's happening in this world. And so if we choose to live only for this world, it's, this world is only here for a temporary time as it is. Soon God will bring it to an end. Soon God's judgment will fall upon it. And then what will I do? Lot lost everything by choosing to live in Sodom. He, only he and his daughters managed to escape out of it. But all his possessions, everything he lost, he was reduced to nothing. Because of this foolish choice, disastrous choice that he made. And friends, sad to say, uh, this is what may happen to us. If I decide to live only for this world, if I decide to turn my back on God and say no to God, I'm going to just live for myself for this life. I'm going to give myself hook, line and sinker to this world. I just want to eat, drink and be merry and enjoy myself here. If I refuse God's kind and gracious offer of forgiveness, of mercy, of spiritual life, of a new beginning, of, new, uh, of a, a, a different bet to make, offer to make me a better person, that's a disastrous decision to make. Lot wanted to live near Sodom, but he ought to have known. He ought not to have invested in that area. Oh, friends, don't invest your all in this world. Invest your world, your, yourselves, your soul in the world to come. Think about that. Would you invest all your savings in a company that's on the rocks? Surely you wouldn't do that. And don't live for this world alone. Live for the world that is to come. Think about eternity. Look at Abraham in closing, friends. Verse 14. The Lord said unto Abraham, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Abraham was somewhat different uh, to Lot. He was, his heart wasn't in the land. He was a rich man, but his heart wasn't in the rich, his riches. He was one who lived 
for the world that is to come. He is the one who lived uh, for God. He was not uh, so, uh, so desirous, so covetous for the things of this life. He was a spiritual man. He was a man who had faith in God, who had God's blessing in his life. And he knew that God was his, uh, that God was his Savior. He believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. As that spiritual man, he found uh, in God delights and happiness and satisfaction that the world cannot have. It's not just that he was empty and waiting for God to bless him in the future. No, he already had joys. He already had a gladness that people in the world don't have because of faith in, in Christ. He already had a contentment such a contentment in his heart that he was not desirous to have more and more and more. God blessed him with more, but his heart was not in these things. He had a peace with God that the world cannot give. He knew his sins were forgiven. These were the things he rejoiced in. These were the things that he valued. These were the things that were his priority in his life. And because he had these things, he could hold lightly the things of the world. Oh, friends, he knew that the Son of God would come. He had faith in Christ. He lived before Jesus Christ, but he could see, uh, it was revealed to him by God, that the, the Messiah would come and would make an atonement for sins. And he trusted in that atoning sacrifice, just like we are called to do. Only one person has made an atonement for our sins. And that's the Son of God. He has come from heaven. He has died on, on the cross. He took the penalty of our sin upon Himself. Only He has done that. Only through Christ, through believing in what He has done on that cross, can we be forgiven. Only the blood of Christ, the death of Christ, can take away our sins and remove that guilt from our conscience and bring us into peace with God and bring us uh, into a living relationship with God. Abraham, God said to him, lift up your eyes, look all the land, uh, look in all different directions, I'm going to give it to you. And God would give it to him and to his descendants. But it was much more than just an earthly promise, a physical land. It was also to do with heaven. And that's what Abraham wanted. Abraham, more than having a big piece of land for himself, he wanted to go to heaven. Abraham wanted eternal life. This is the things that God promised him, and this is what he desired and had in his possession and what he rejoiced in. Oh, friends, which path will you choose? Will you choose just for the short term only? Will you choose just for those things that really are going to worsen you as a person and spoil your character? Or will you, cho will you choose only for those things that will harm you? Why choose for something which God's Word has said is under God's judgment, this world? Choose better things. Choose for the Lord. Uh, come, be like uh, Abraham. Have faith in God. Have faith in the Messiah. He will forgive you. He will change you and He will give you that gladness in your heart so much better than the, anything that the world can offer you. And you will find peace and contentment through knowing Him.
come to Him, friends, repenting of your sin, trusting in the Saviour, and yielding your life entirely into His hands. And He will bless you in a way that you would never, ever have imagined before you come to Him. Let's pray together. O oh God, our Heavenly Father, we again uh, bless Thee and thank Thee for these spiritual blessings and provisions for us in Christ. O oh Lord, help us, by faith even, to enter into the joy and possession of them. Grant that they may be ours. Grant that each one of us may begin even to live in a spiritual way, may be quickened to life by Thy Spirit, and begin to pray, begin to worship, begin to love Thee, O Lord, begin to serve Thee, begin, O Lord, to rejoice in Thy great name. Help us in these things and bless. We ask in our Saviour's name. Amen. Let's sing together our final hymn, number 395. Loosed from my God and far removed. 395.